Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> Being a sports bar is on this uh, Monday, it's um, been an unbelievable uh, week in college sports and realignment news. By the way, the Cal Board has called the meeting this morning. Uh, who knows what they're going to vote for. Maybe they join NATO. I I, I have no idea. Evan <laughs> um, Novi Williams has been a guest on our show before. He does great work, sports business supporter at Sportico. And um, he broke the story about Florida State and uh, talking to private equity people. By the way, first, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, Mark. How are you? So so your story breaks, and you're never going to guess where I'm standing as I'm on my phone reading your story. I'm standing in J.P. Morgan Chase building in New York. <laughs> your story broke. I'm like, wait a minute. What's going on here? She go ask somebody. So uh, talk about anyone the, with a Florida State uh, T-shirt on? Uh, or anything? Uh, no, no, no. I have my UCF shirt on. But uh, wow. Um, so let's start here. Um, tell me what led to this, and then what is unique about it? Because you've done the reporting on this. Clearly, at some point, Florida State was looking for creative ideas. How did we get to where we are? Yeah, I think there, it's no secret in, in Florida State, certainly recently, its trustees and its president and its athletic director have all been very public that the school is, is feeling the financial gap between itself and some of its non-ACC athletic rivals starting to spread out. And the uh, ACC's TV deal does not pay its schools the same amount that the SEC's does or that the Big Ten's does. Um, and as a result, Florida State has been in the market looking to raise money. And I think the obvious question is, what are they raising money for? I think it's a great question. I don't know the full answer. It could be to try to buy out of the Big Ten. It could be to try to buy out of the ACC. It could be to try to just augment uh, the, the, the financial gap while they try to figure out what the ACC looks like in five years, 10 years, or 15 years. But it is very clear that the, the, the school and its athletic department are looking for money up front right now. And uh, something that's never happened before, they're in talks with uh, private equity funds to try to get that money now. Uh, okay, structure a little bit different here. This is not someone buying equity in a university. Most athletic departments operate independent, uh, and there's different reasons for that. So what would an equity partner be doing with this investment? What What's yeah, their benefit here? It's a great question, and, and, and yes, the, the way that this would be structured, from what I have been told, is that all of the commercial rights, or mainly the TV rights, uh, for, for Florida State Athletics would be rolled into a separate company, and then you can sell uh, a certain amount of equity in that company to, 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 to a fund of some sort. So instead of Sixth Street, which is the private equity company that, that is in the in advance talks here, instead of Sixth Street buying a chunk of Florida State or Florida State Athletics, they're buying a chunk of a smaller company that just holds Florida State Athletics, mainly the TV commercial rights. Uh, so that's the way this thing gets structured. It's a little different, as, as you and a lot of your listeners know, uh, in Florida, 
athletic departments are structured differently than they are in pretty much every other state in the country. You're allowed to have these nonprofit athletic association groups that, that, that operate on behalf of and with the sole function of raising money and, and, and helping support athletic departments. So I think there's a part of this that, that is benefiting from Florida State, Florida law as well which, again, allows schools like UCF and allows schools like University of Florida and Florida State um, to have athletic departments that have these nonprofit side entities that, that, that participate as well. Is this not a case, though, of saying, I'm trying to raise money to be able even to borrow against that money for all of these financial challenges that I have? Maybe that's confusing, but, but it happens often. When a number of schools are borrowing against future earnings, that's not uncommon in college sports. Yeah, this is essentially a this is essentially a loan like that. It, right. it, it's structured a little bit differently. The, the private equity fund obviously would have some sort of way of recouping its money, largely off of future TV deals. But if, if we think about this as let's just say hypothetically, Florida State wants 150 million dollars to get itself out of the ACC. They know a pretty good sense that if they can get to another conference roughly how much money in TV that's probably going to pay over the next 10 years. So they can figure out the economics there and maybe cut Sixth Street back into getting its money back via the future TV earnings that they would get in a bigger conference. So I think it's right to think of it as a a loan. One thing I will say about Sixth Street also, uh, Sixth Street owns Legends, which is the hospitality and and, and events and and sponsorship company that does work across the country, including already on Florida State's campus. I believe they're they're one of the partners in the football stadium. Um, So there's a strategic advantage, I think, also of having a partner like Sixth Street that, again, includes this huge company that sells media rights, that sells hospitality packages, that handles concessions at venues. Uh, so I do think one of the differences between a potential loan and, and doing this route, um, because this route's going to be more expensive, I think, that, than a loan that Florida State could probably get. I think one of the things they probably do get is they get the expertise and the partnership with Sixth Street and Legends uh, that may be more creative and value moving forward. We live in a copycat world on many levels. I'm going to bring two examples of it, and, and one, the, the, the country's watch, and that was a public investment fund. The assumption was, well, they're going to buy everything. What will they buy next? Because the money they spend, and then even locally here, I know a lot of colleges are watching what UCF has done going to the county. In Orange County, we have a ton of tourist tax dollars that they give out, and, and they've asked for a lot of it, about $176 million to go towards projects. And I know a number of schools are watching what UCF is doing to see if it's something they can do. I bring this up by saying I would imagine a number of schools are going to watch what happens here with Florida State because to say, well, if they figure out something, maybe that is a new route to go to find dollars since we're already tapping into these donors to pay for players. No, no question. And, and we've seen on, on the professional sports level, the private equity funds have, have, have really made a ton of investment in the past four or five years but for the all of the leagues except the nfl have changed their rules to let private equity funds own passive minority stakes in teams and there are a number of funds that have rushed into buying chunks of nba nhl mlb and mls teams um they're from golf to f1 sovereign wealth funds and private equity funds uh utilizing just the, the massive pools of money that they have uh, to get into sports, and I don't think the college sports is going to be any different. And again, there's some structural challenges here, given that these are a lot of these are public uh, universities. Um, we would have a little bit of a different financial mission statement than than let's say the the Golden State Warriors or the New York Yankees. But um, I think that as private equity gets deeper and deeper into sports, I know for a fact that a lot of them have been looking at college sports and saying, okay, how do we structure things? What what do we have to do? to get into this market because as you know mark the 
college sports is professional sports. Uh, I think you can make an argument that college football is the second biggest TV property in, in sports in America outside of the NFL, and college basketball does pretty darn well as well. So in a lot of ways, in the ways that I think a lot of private equity funds look at the economics of professional sports, they consider college sports to be on par with, if not bigger than a lot of those pro leagues. Look, of all the sports business stuff you covered, it's a lot. I, I'm curious your thoughts on, on what we've watched here. Look, television networks or companies have dictated what we've watched. I, I've told people, presidents and commissioners don't get to choose who expands. It's it, it's companies paying the money here. What do you make, uh, because we never thought the faucets going off on live rights. And maybe the NFL, that's true. Maybe with the new NBA deal, that will be true. But what do you make of what we've watched now? Because Disney's cutting. Um, I think Comcast is going to kind of maybe look at the breaks of the dollars they put here and where they're shifting dollars. Is this run in college realignment, does it have a pause here where someone says, hang on a minute, what, what, what are we doing here with this money? This is such a good question, Mark, because there, there are schools that are on the outside looking in on, on what happened last week that did structure their, their, made their whole plans based on the idea that revenue was going to go up. I, I talk about Cal a lot, but Cal has more athletic debt than any public school in the country because they made a really big, expensive stadium project a number of years ago. And the, the revenue projections they had didn't pan out. And now Cal is in danger of, uh, of having to go to a conference where the, the media money is probably a, a, a fifth or a sixth of what they were getting in the Pac-12. Um, and, and you're right. I think there's a lot of schools that are doing deals now under the assumption or under the belief that the TV money is only going to go up. And you're right. If you read the tea leaves of what ESPN is saying and doing and, and Turner and, and certainly bigger networks like, like CBS and Fox, um, they're, they're paying up for the big premium rights, but, but they're, they're definitely being more selective about what they spend money on in sports. And, and that, that's the thing that would terrify me if I was a college, uh, college sports administrator of any sort is this idea that if the media bubble bursts and it could burst at the tippy tippy top or somewhere in the middle. But if that happens, there's a lot of schools that have a lot of debt. There's a lot of schools that have contracts with coaches. Uh, there's a lot of financial overlay built on this idea that, that, that the money from ESPN and Fox is going to continue to go up. And maybe it will, and, and maybe that's right, but um, at least for some schools, we're already seeing the opposite. Um, last question. Maybe this is a bad comparison. Um, I don't think anybody questions electronic vehicles have a growing market in the years to come, but right now it's still a slower process, and I say that in a sense of streaming. Should we learn from what happened with the Pac-12? That while it may be inevitable of live sports and the transition of the viewer, that we're just not ready to pull the trigger as much as the Pac-12 wanted us to go, and don't use Amazon's NFL deal as a sample size because that's a different animal because the overwhelming majority of the product is still available on what we call linear or the channels that I like. What should we learn about sports and streaming of the Pac-12 debacle? I think it's kind of part and parcel of, of the last question you just asked, right? Is, is this assumption that has kind of always been that even if, 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 if linear TV, if, if those payments start to drop off, that you suddenly have this new class of spender like Apple, like Netflix, like Amazon that is going to come up and pick up the slack or even overpay. And we haven't really seen it yet. And, and, and the dynamic that is happening right now is that the, what, what streamers are offering is a severely reduced audience size. If, if Apple wants to buy, let's just say, the, the Pac-12, the, the offer that, that, that Apple had was essentially its own standalone service, which diehard Pac-12 fans are going to pay for. But 
It's not the kind of thing that people are going to stumble across like they might if they're just looking at ESPN or ESPN2 at, at 7 p.m. On a, on, a, on a Saturday night. Um, and, and that's a challenge for a lot of people. Uh, there's a lot of sports leagues that, when, when faced with that opportunity, when, when looking at Apple across the negotiating table, have, have suddenly balked at the idea that they are going to dramatically shrink the amount of people that can watch their games in exchange for maybe a bit more money and maybe a more consolidated place for the diehard people to watch it. And, and Major League Soccer is going through this right now with their first year in Apple. Is, is, is they, are a, they have a global platform. Anyone who wants to watch MLS games knows exactly where to go. There's only one place to get them. But as a result, um, the, the total audience of watching these games is going to go down. And I think if you're a college sports administrator, that's a scary proposition. Even if there's maybe a bit more money in it, and, and there wasn't even a bit more money for, for the Pac-12. But again, right now, even if you're the NFL going to Amazon, anytime you do a deal with a streamer, you are essentially choosing to limit your audience size relative to what you probably had uh, with your previous negotiation. And, and, and that's a tough sell, I think, even now for, for both professional and, and college sports. Uh, he's uh, on Twitter, uh, at Noby underscore Williams. Evan Noby Williams, sports business supporter at Sportico. He broke the story about Florida State and some potential private equity opportunities. And I'm fascinated to read more about the Fanatics Panini story that's just developing. So I'll be following your stuff. Always good catching up. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Anytime. Um, it's interesting with Florida State. And, again, I don't... I, I don't believe their path out of the ACC is as easy as I thought the image they gave on that uh, Zoom call, and certainly not as easy as many people on Twitter just writing that, well, you know, they're off to the Big Ten or the SEC in a couple of days. I think it's much more challenging. And as Evan reported, it's not just raising money for the purpose of getting out of the ACC. I think they're looking at a number of things here. Florida State, and if you're a diehard Seminole fan, you know, yes, there are projects underway regarding expansion of facilities. But that's not been easy to raise that money in recent years. That's been challenging, and now even more challenging in a pay-for-play world. Uh, so trying to find creative ways to bring in dollars to allow you to keep up on the facilities arms race, um, create new financial opportunities for partners, and then the other part is to have access to dollars to do things like a negotiated buyout of a league you've clearly made clear you don't want to be in. The question is, who says, I want to be there? Because when you do this, this isn't an emotional investment. Uh, the, the the fan GM wannabe that gives $50,000 to buy a linebacker doesn't expect a financial return on investment. They're willing to accept an emotional return on investment. J.P. Morgan Chase and this equity group, they're not going, hey, here's our money. Let's hope we win. This is, here's our money. What's the financial return? Much different. A bridge playback from something Mike and I discussed earlier today, next. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.